And then I yeah, got, the, the warning will go up. Before, yes, it's right? the first thing. It will be the first thing that goes up. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh my gosh, it's the third. Uh, it seems like I haven't done this with you guys for a long time. Um, but um, the third episode, uh, and it's going to be an interesting one. I'm not saying the other ones aren't as interesting, but of course not as interesting as the last one uh, that we're going to do. But we'll get into more of that later. But this is the ugly part of love. We did the good, the feels, the romantic stuff, and then we did the bad. And now it's just, it's ugly. So... Uh, <laughs> This will be an interesting one for sure. And um, I guess one third of us isn't feeling too well. But uh, <laughs> we thank her very much for, for doing the show, despite uh, being one of not, would you say, drunk, mad, and uh, sick at the same time, but just sick. So. I'm sick today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, thank you, Major, from uh, Fan Drunk Pod for being on the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. And uh, and uh, another person who is a regular, that is Mr. Francis, a.k.a. the other guy, Mr. Sincere, sarcasm.net. Don't look that up yet because the site is not working correctly. <laughs> well, hopefully by the time they hear this, it'll be back up. <laughs> oh, man, I really hope so. We're working yeah. we're working hard around the clock to, to fix what got broken. But hi, thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's uh, been Defcom uh, five on his site. Oh, uh, yeah. Everything is. <laughs> so. oh. <laughs> but oh yeah, you're not wrong. We're gonna, so we're gonna jump into the first topic uh, of just what we consider the ugly part of love, and it is the green monster. Not the green monster in Penway Park, but. <laughs> Wow, good pull. That was a good one. <laughs> That's a good that pull. Good. <laughs> I love baseball, man. Baseball is my jam. But um, <laughs> it is jealousy, and it's a weird, it's a weird topic. Because one, you're going to meet people who think jealousy is good. It, it it could be healthy for a relationship in little, little, little doses. But there is a fine line where it becomes crazy and destructive. Now, to start it off, I wanted, I'm just curious, um, do you guys consider yourself jealous? Um, I can be, but it's more of in like an innocent kind of way. Like if I think that you think that someone else is more attractive than me, or if I perceive that they're hitting on you, I can get a little jealous. Um, but I try not to let it get out of hand to where like it actually causes an argument. So I think that like, it, for one, it's not the other person's fault, right? Unless they're like entertaining the things, but if it's just, you know, someone else is hitting on them or they made an off the cuff remark saying, Oh yeah, that person's really hot. That's one thing. So I don't like escalate it, but I, I can definitely be a little jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, jealousy. That's that's a weird one. 
um, because I don't know if I am. Uh, like my my last situation was so weird and complicated that I, I'd feel foolish not to have been at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know it's it's really complicated to talk about for me because I re- I don't think I was originally. You know, I feel like as long as whoever I'm with isn't playing with the idea, I mean, not even playing with the idea, but just actively seeking their that other person's attention, you know what I mean? Like, if they're just hanging out somewhere and somebody's, you know, kind of flirting with them and they're just like, ah, oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm taken or whatever. And blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel like that's, that, that, that's not, uh, um, that's not, that's not a way to, there's not, that's not a reason to be jealous. But at the same time, I'm thinking, I don't remember the last time I was jealous. I don't remember the last time I felt like, oh, how, ooh, what is going on here? Mm, I should really like look into this. <laughs> you sound like the the bad guy that ties up the girl on the train tracks. Is ah. that what you do? Ah, what is <laughs> going you on twist here? Twist your mustache. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this. No, no, I, I, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't, I don't feel, yeah, I don't feel like. Uh, I don't feel like I've, I feel I don't feel like I've actually felt actual genuine jealousy. It's more just curiosity and like, huh? It, it, like it's something that's in, an interesting observation, but I've never felt yeah. like, oh, don't, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But uh, anyway, damn. Oh, you know, I think I I think it really depends on like the person that you know you're with. I mean, there's situations where. Um, like me, okay, it, for me, I can be pretty annoying because I need constant, like, affirmation. Like, you know, and that's just because of, like, my history of, like, what I had to go through, you know, growing up. And um, I never, you know, I need someone to tell me, hey, Dan, you're doing great. Or, Dan, you know, um, I really appreciate you did that. It's, like, really big. So if I get, like, this constant, like, you know, I really care about you. I'm so happy we're together. Then I don't really get, like, you know, worrisome and paranoid, you know. Um, so with relationships where I'm on a constant, like, you know, I don't really know if she's into me or I think she is. Cause she said that, and then it goes away for like two weeks and I'm like, maybe she's not. Then I think that's when the, the, the little jealousy I, can come in. Cause I've had relationships where I was like, Oh, well, who's that? And like, who's texting you? And, you know, but now I, I, I think lately I haven't been now for me, it's like, Okay, well, if they're gonna cheat on me, they're gonna leave me. Okay, I guess that's that's what's gonna happen. You know, I I can't do anything about that. Um, yeah. So I, I don't see it. I mean, there was one. I guess my most jealous relationship for where it came from me, um, and not the other person. Um, I dated this girl in college, and she was very very friendly. Over, I mean, overly friendly. Where she was very like touchy feely with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, there was one moment where I was like, "Okay, that's not okay that you did that," but she thought it was okay. And I, I mean, you can tell me if this is if this if I'm just wrong here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So there's this guy who like constantly like flirted with her, and I saw it, you know. And he was like one of my friends. I'm like, he's like totally trying to hit on my girl, but I'm not gonna say anything. You know, I'm like, okay, whatever, right? We're like hanging out and like he's like, gosh, man, it's like really cold, you know, and she's like, yeah, I know. And then he's all, he's all you know, it gets really cold. He's like, he said this. He said, my nipples get really hard. What? Right? what? 
What? You know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. He's still so, alive? Does he yeah, still have yeah. nipples? <laughs> yes. He was like, he was like, my nipples are really hard. And then she said something like, you know, what do you say to that? I mean, you, you can really say to that. But then she says, oh, okay, well, I mean, that's weird. And then he's like, do you want to feel them? <laughs> and then, and then she says, oh, okay. And then one of my whole group of friends. She reaches in his shirts and starts playing with, like, you know, feeling on his nipples. And she's like, yeah, they're, they're pretty hard. And I thought, like, that's probably over the line. Probably? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was, that was like, one of many weird situations. I know, right? Am I, but no, okay, wait, so wait, that's it, wrong, it, right? Well, it's like saying. Yes, yeah, yeah. I would have been pissed. It's, it's like, I don't even think that's about being jealous at that yeah, point. Just, like, there just... is a line that has been crossed. But, but, but no, she thought no. she thought there was nothing wrong with She thought there was nothing wrong with that because it was like. <laughs> But I was like, dude, there's something totally wrong. I mean, yes, you know, that's just something wrong with that. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I think I have a line now, though. I have a line. It's like, you know, when it's cold, See? my penis there gets really hard. Oh, man. I've got a line now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, I don't know. But yeah. But I think that's what it was. I. I, but my last relationship, my you know my ex who who I just you know my ex wife, mm-hmm. she was probably I mean she had a lot of like jealous feelings and that was a big hindrance. Like I was already at the feeling where it's like oh you know if she's gonna cheat on me she's gonna cheat on me. There's nothing I can really do about it. I think we're past that you know. But um, she because I don't really I'm not I don't consider myself to be a really insecure person when it comes to like relationships. But she had a lot of insecurities and. Um, and I guess we can go, that can go in a different part of this. Yeah. Um, but I mean, do you guys have any other like weird, like jealous well, situations? Well, I think that insecurities do spawn jealousy. That's, that's a lot of it. And you know, this is the good point where we can like differentiate between cute, playful jealousy. And then like, you know, just like, Oh, well, I don't like the fact that you think that she's cute. Am I cute? Mm-hmm. And where that turns into like, you can never say that anyone is ever cute again. Like, what is wrong with you? And it starts fights. Like, it's t- there's totally a difference, you know? I have never felt that like I was the kind of person that would prevent someone from being themselves because my insecurities created that level of escalated jealousy. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, because there, there is a point where jealousy can absolutely turn into something controlling. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, are are you okay with like, okay, are you okay with like, say you're sitting at like both of you guys, right? Let's say you're with your significant others or whatever you're doing and an attractive person passes by. Are you both okay with commenting or hearing comments from your significant other about that person? Like, oh, that person's attractive. That person's cute. Are you okay with that? It depends. It depends on how it's said, and it depends on how skeezy the person is about it, I guess. Like, I'm not dead. If there is someone very cute that walks by, my eyebrow is probably going to raise, and I might look at them. That in no way would, if I knew that that was going to make her uncomfortable, I wouldn't do that. Like, obviously, because I don't need to do that, that kind of thing. But if every single time some girl walks by and she's like, yeah, look at that, I would probably get a little bothered eventually. Like, yeah. 
I, yeah, because I don't really see the point of bringing it up in the first place. Like, if you see somebody, you know, yeah, we're all human beings. We'll, we recognize what's attractive. We will be drawn to what's attractive. Mm-hmm. And so we will look. But I don't see the point of commenting. I think the comment is always, like, I feel like saying something aloud is kind of a rub against yeah. the person and yeah. you're, you're you're bringing it up for a reason either to get them riled up or to kind of just tease them or something like if you're teasing yeah. the other person okay you know you're te- teasing your significant other I, I, okay maybe but you don't usually say anything unless you want a reaction if you are simply sure. you know if you're simply admiring i i, I see nothing wrong with my significant <laughs> other admiring someone else Right, because it just it's because I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to do the exact same thing with, with an attractive woman. I'm going to see them like, oh, they're pretty, whatever, and then move on with life. But I'm not mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, I wonder what life would like be what it would be like with her, or whatever. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think. You that know, stuff. some people take it there though. They do. Like... Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's not a for some it's not a a far leap to go from well, why are you looking at them to oh are you you know planning your wedding all of a sudden is that what you're doing mm. with this? <laughs> yeah. it can definitely there are some people who are like that and the level of insecurity there is deeper like it's more than insecurity like they were hurt you know in the past uh in a way that w- that type of reaction happens i mean you know not to jump too far ahead but uh after my divorce well actually before i got divorced i was my, i was seeing a therapist and i was saying like look i cannot i cannot interact with women anymore the moment i'm around a woman i i, I flinch if i happen to brush up against them for some like by accident i jump back like i had all of these weird and like really kind of freaked out reactions and she's like yeah that's called ptsd you have something where you're mm-hmm. just going to be you're not going to feel comfortable around women for a while like you're just you're it's just going to bring back all of these intense memories and so that kind of leads back to that insecurity and jealousy where maybe they had such an intense experience with an ex where they're like rubbing in their face hey why aren't you um, like skinny and hot like this woman over here or, or like buffed out and bald like that guy over there and it's it just it adds to that um, insecurity in that person so they so, ref- reflect it back that's a type of conditioning yes. like that's that's something that happens in abuse um speaking from personal experience and it is something that like infiltrates your own thought process as an abused individual so you think that that is the way that you should express attraction yeah and that's how you should behave and i, I have i I've seen myself do this um, and I try to be really, really conscious about it because I don't feel it's appropriate to objectify someone, period. So, um, but that is, objectifying is like a very, very huge part of conditioning and abuse. And that would make sense why like, it's one of those things that kind of happens that you identify once you realize like it, 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 it triggers PTS symptoms. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that you can get post-traumatic stress from things like being in an abusive relationship or just being in a bad relationship, but you can literally get PTS from any type of I was trauma thing. Yeah. I yeah. was, I was totally in shock when my, my therapist mm-hmm. told me that I'm like, I thought that's a thing only like 
you know, military people experience. Like, why do I have that? That's dumb. And, but it's, it was true. Like I, Mm -hmm. I, for, for many, 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 many years, I just, I couldn't be around another woman without a lot of, like a lot of stuff going on in my head, causing things to not go well. And so I, I completely get it. But, um, jealousy itself though, uh, luckily, jealousy it, it can, yeah, definitely be super minor. I mean, it's not always this serious, big thing. You know, jealousy can definitely be something to where it, it makes you. It just makes you aware. Just kind of makes mm-hmm. you aware of your situation, right. and and even just even just kind of like the intentions of whoever you're with. Uh, a lot of times, they say, you know, you want to prevent. The best way to prevent cheating is just not to put yourself in a situation where it can happen. You know, that's the, that's the best way to prevent it because for some people, it's just, it'll, it'll, not that it'll just happen, but the temptation will be there. And so you just kind of take yourself out of that situation and jealousy can kind of give you the warning signs of like, well, wait a minute, this is probably a situation my significant other, if she really wants to be with me, should probably not be in, you know, like a, like a late night, you know, office meeting was just. One other person, or something, you know, or whatever, at yeah, their house with cold wine. outside, and you know, nipples get hard. Yeah. Right? Yes. Oh my god, that is the or, weirdest. That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I mean, we talk about like taking ourselves out of a situation too. Jealousy can also make people take themselves out of your situation. Like you can lose friends, yeah, from uh, like jealous relationships for or for like not so cute jealousy. So oh, yeah. that's oh, that's yeah. also. Something Do you guys that, have a situation where that's actually that? Can you describe a situation where that's actually happened to you guys? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So pretty much anything we talk about today is going to be um, basically every single relationship I've ever been in. Um, I <laughs> have <sighs> impeccable luck up until this point. I would say sarcastically. Um, <laughs> That like I you know people are like I have a type yep I have a type um so it's the way this has always started out for me and I have friends that are just like you know that are removed from like this type of environment and they're like why didn't you see this like because the same sort of thing has happened um the first thing that happens is isolation and it's when my significant other has gotten so jealous of all of my friends and has just been so unbearable whenever they're around or has made a point to get upset every single time I wanted to go do something um mm. that I no longer have friends Oh, and I've, I've had this happen in like a couple of really weird ways. Like some ways are very point blank. Some have been to the extent to where my family has like completely separated from me to an extent too. And then I've been in a relationship where the person made me feel like I was doing this to her. Oh yeah. Yeah. But she was doing it to me. Right. So it's, it's a very, this is usually the first thing that happens in abuse and it's it's something that people really need to understand because they confuse with like you know how when you first get in a relationship and you become all about that person and you kind of stop talking to your friends as much because like you're with this person like it just naturally happens it doesn't stay like that but it's you know the first couple months or something right people confuse this with the fact of like 
them being like, well, I don't like you hanging out with that person. These are not the same things. Isolation and the little butterfly honeymoon feeling of where you're inseparable are two different things. Yeah, one is completely just, you know, you're basking in the afterglow of, of someone who actually wants to be with you and be around you for a significant mm-hmm. amount of that time. The other one is a an accumulation of insecurities and jealousy. And it is a because uh, I had that situation happen to me, you know, I, when I got with my ex, um, I had some I had a female best friend whom mm-hmm. My ex was like, nah, she, she, she's gonna do this, that, and the other thing. I, I'd rather oh, be like, friends with her. And, well, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Um, I guess. So I, you know, I talked to my friend. Um, little did I know that, yeah, she was interested in me, but I mean, that was, was <laughs> I mean, that was a shot in the dark. Who, how was I supposed to know? But she was, you know, like, I didn't know what was going to happen. So, but it's uh, not your fault no. either. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. By the, definitely part of how my, my PTSD, uh, PTSD, whatever you want to call it, whatever, however it developed, um, part of it, yeah, was, was, um, I guess getting conditioned to believe that, Anything bad that happened in the relationship was all because of me. Um, so yeah, that'll, but that'll, I'll uh, save that for uh, later on in this discussion. But, uh, yeah, so I actually lost a lot of female friends, um, which I didn't have that many to begin with. Uh, I had a difficult time, uh, making new female friends as a result because I had an ex who wasn't very keen on other women being around. I mean, it, it eventually went away. Like she eventually stopped being insecure about it and was like, Oh yeah, that's cool. So I mean, it wasn't the worst thing ever because it eventually yeah. went away. But at the very the beginning, people don't realize it. Yeah. 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 And, and they didn't realize like, yeah, you know what? This person's allowed to have friends of any gender and they will be friends. It's not like they're trying to do some nefarious thing behind your back. But she did feel that for the very beginning of our relationship for like the first couple of years. And then uh, after realizing that, hey, um, not, nothing's going to happen uh, with these people. She's like, all right, well. Okay. Then, then the the leash was uh, loosened, so to speak, and I was able to have some female friends, and it was it was good. Um, so for me, when that happened, when the leash loosened up, that meant that their attention was on someone else. Uh, like, uh, yeah, dude, yeah. That yeah. is when that happened because, like, I can completely remember points in every single relationship. Where it was just like all of a sudden they were like, yeah, go hang out with your friends. And it was because like they were seeing someone else. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So it's like, I don't know. I don't think I know what a normal relationship is up until like my most current one. So it's kind of like now I can look back and I'm like, yeah, God, this was really awful. Like, why did I? But. I don't know. I and I and I can definitely at this point like tell you ones that were completely unaware of the fact that they were being like this because their parents had been like this or their dad had been like this or someone eventually had been like this and they had picked up the behavior and then there were ones that were malicious like maliciously like this. Yeah. So they're definitely they're definitely you can be abusive and not be aware of being abusive. If that I, makes sense. I, I, I actually think that quite a bit of what is considered abuse, like, because, you know, we're only seeing it, you're only seeing it from one perspective in the sense of, like, they think they're what they're doing. The abuser sometimes believes that they're 
what they're doing is either normal or the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the supervillain doesn't know they're the supervillain. They think they're the hero. And so mm-hmm. in this case, the person who is the abuser sometimes uh, can believe that they're, what they're doing is actually a good thing or they're, um, what they're doing is justified. Um, and they that happens a it. lot. Yeah. Oh, it does. They're it conditioned does. too. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Because we are, how do we, how do we learn how to approach a relationship? Our template comes from the relationships in our lives. And so the the one significant one, of course, is our parents. So if those, if our parents are a certain way, we will most likely pick up those habits and become those people. Like I know, I recognize the habits I have that are very similar to my parents individually. Like I know which one's my mom's. I know which one's my dad's. And um, I'm super aware. And most people aren't. And people mm-hmm. really need to take some time to do some introspective because once you find yeah. out like, hey, this is this is the bad part of, you know, my dad or this is a bad part of my mom that I didn't I never thought was really that all that great. I should probably keep an eye on that when I approach a relationship. Uh, but it's really hard because that actually means like you have to critique yourself and not put yourself down and not beat yourself up. You just have to look at it and say, this is just what it is. I need to be able to correct my behavior. And hopefully it that takes helps. a lot of work. It's hard. It's, it's hard because you find yourself, it's an old habit. I find myself falling back on old habits <laughs> because it's what I'm most comfortable and familiar with. And those old habits can be bad. Uh, well, and also to this, like people who have been abused can become abusive at the same time like because that is like going back to that template like just when you like i see this a lot like they watched they were in bad households and they had bad parents and that kind of thing and they were abused as children and that type of like behavior just becomes intertwined with their reality so that it's not a matter of what right or wrong it just is a matter of it being that's what it is exactly so that that's what you're dealing with a lot of times when people are abusive. And that's what I mean. Like a lot of times there are people who want to change and there are people who want to get better. And there are people who see like what they're doing, but that's that doesn't necessarily mean that like they can or they will. Um, and that also doesn't mean that you should stay. Yeah. Quite often those are, I mean, I shouldn't say quite often, but I would say they may be the exception to the rule because again, we mm-hmm. human nature is we kind of fall back on what we're most comfortable and familiar yes. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's very hard. As, as they say, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Yes. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of fall back on that. Uh, but that, yeah, I mean, that, that leads to bigger and bigger things, of course, because all three of us have experienced at one point or another, the big D word. And I'm not talking about penis. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've not experienced that yet. Um, <laughs> oh, well, you put you the end on there. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, man. Um, have experience, Dan. Yeah. Oh, no, but yeah, has been. Divorce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that is true. We all have that in mind. I guess that has. I guess that all. That's a. That's a very sad thing that we all have that in common. But um, it's mine. I mean, most, mine is actually very recent. Uh, I guess uh, it. It just was finalized. So um, that can also tie into like losing friends because. Mm-hmm. 
you know, when you have the divorce, it's like now it feels like the other person and other other people in their lives who you were friends with or cool with now they're <laughs> you're dead to them. The distribution yeah. of material and friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I there. One, I think that one of the, one of the most difficult things was for me in that divorce was that was having to realize that was what was going to happen. Um, before through the whole marriage, um, me uh, I had I developed like really good friendships with like two guys who were also married, and we all had like this like you know this group of friends that were all married. We all hung out. All the kids hung out together, um, and when that happened, it was completely cut off from those two guys um and the thing is most of my friends my good friends are are female mm-hmm. um i just happen to get along better with females than i do with guys um <clears throat> so that was like a really big hit to me you know i mean anything uh, i i'm clueless when it comes to cars i'm clueless when it comes to fixing or putting anything together those two guys were the guys I would lean on. Like, that. Oh no! I don't know how to change a flat tire. I could barely put gas in my car. I mean, oh my god! So you know, I I kind of like <laughs> so those guys I would lean on. One guy was like a really good father. Like I looked at him like, okay, that's the kind of father I want to be. And the other guy was just really good. He was a great father too, but he knew other things. You know, he fit a different type of like male like friendship you know so um i lost both of them there and they just like for a while refused to to want to even deal with me um because you know their wives were saying well you know there was a lot of he say she say and i'm sure you guys will explain a lot of he say she said that when in your divorces um so that was the tough part and yeah you do feel like isolated because now i made that decision to leave and I, I had to make that decision on my own because even my family did not want that to happen. You lost your entire support group. And yeah. yeah, so it was very, very, very you know difficult. And um, it is really starting new at like my age, which is 38. So I really was like starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, and also has in having to explain it to my daughter, um, who is only... <laughs> you know, eight or seven years old when this was all like starting to happen and her not knowing what is going on with my family, you know, um, that was the difficult, the most difficult part was having to explain that to her. But, um, now what about you guys? Like what is talking, if you want to talk a little bit about your experiences within the whole big D, (laughs) big D, (laughs) Uh. you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh uh, i you i guess i can go oh <laughs> <laughs> no no dead air this is bad um okay i'll go um yeah i uh, i guess i'll just say my marriage didn't last very long uh according to this website here this uh it's a family law website uh the the per, the average marriage lasts about eight years before divorce happens so eight years is is the average length of a marriage until a divorce happens. Uh, mine only lasted a year and a half. 
I was with the per- though weirdly enough, I was with the person for like six years or so. So it was reaching the eight year mark for our relationship in general. So maybe, I mean, maybe we just jumped the gun and like just went uh, straight into not having to get married, but just being together for eight years before the divorce happened. Uh, it all started with a couple of words that made my relation, uh, uh, made the relationship insecure. I was suffering from depression, uh, at the time as well, because I was also, um, I was, uh, it was during, uh, we got married during the, the great, the beginning of the great recession, I guess, uh, oh. when everyone was losing their jobs and I lost mine. So I was, I was not only, uh, getting married, but I was also, I had, lo- I lost my job the day after the honeymoon. <laughs> oh. I went back to work no. after the honeymoon and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, you don't work here anymore. <laughs> What? Because they didn't. Yeah, but it wasn't because of my performance. It was they didn't have any more projects for a lot of the uh, the staffers to do. So they're like, we have to let people go. We don't have enough projects to go around. So we're letting you go. I hope you had a good. Hope you had a good honeymoon. (laughs) Goodbye. Good luck on the rest of your life. You now can no longer afford. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Have fun with that. And I was like, okay, great. So uh, there were a few factors that that kind of uh, started our relationship or marriage in a, in a bad foot. But we had been together for so long, you know, I figured this is something this is we shall overcome, so to speak. Uh, but one of the first things she told me right after we got married, too, was like, huh, I thought I'd feel different. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, huh. I it's like that's weird because I do, but you don't, huh? This is great. <laughs> like this is <laughs> this is awesome. This is something you could have told us or told me before we were getting married. We didn't have to do this if you weren't into it. And she's like, no, 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 no. kind of like half-heartedly. So I think it was already in the decline, and for some reason, she just we got caught up in the snowball of a an actual like wedding because it was the best wedding ever. You know, everyone loved our wedding. It was the best wedding ever. Uh, but yeah. And so a year and a half in, we met some new people. And I find out much like, uh, much like, uh, Dan lost a lot of his fr- uh, friends in the divorce. Um, all of my male friends decided, you know what? I hear, f- you know, Francis is separated from his, uh, wife and is living in his car, but I'm not going to check up on him. I'm going to see if his ex-wife is available so I can bang her. So apparently, uh, the vast majority of the people whom I trusted, uh, would rather tap that ass than, um, see whether or not I was still alive. Uh, which is funny because, um, and not funny, haha. Uh, but it was during that time when I did attempt uh, to take my life because it was too much of a too much of a hassle to continue to move on and deal with all of the emotion that was involved in not only a divorce but finding out that you could trust no one. And my statistic here is: uh, it looks like that. Yes, um, you can trust no one. You can no, a you can trust no one, but b. <laughs> Uh, suicide rates for men is very high when it comes to divorce. It is uh, 3.5, according to this, um, uh, that, well, I guess I didn't read this thoroughly yet, but I mean, I know that I, when I was originally, um, considering, uh, uh taking my life uh, back, way back when, I did look up statistics. Like, does this happen to a lot of people? Am I, am I normal for thinking this way? And apparently, yeah, men have a tendency to, uh, commit suicide after divorce. Um, but yeah, I, I was in, in, in a bad state, but luckily 
in the friends department, I ended up adopting all of her, like her, like not all of her, but um, a, a significant chunk of her friends who heard my story and we were already friends anyway. And they kind of like, you know, they, they, they kind of picked a side and they picked mine for some weird out of this world reason. And I'm still friends they with them now. They knew the truth. They knew the truth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That ever, that she, a, the reason why we got divorced in the first place was she was cheating on me with a coworker and my sister's ex boyfriend, <laughs> whom was her only her ex boyfriend for like a few months, which was, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, so uh, that happened. Um, and yeah, and I, again, you know, I had a, my my best man at this as well was nowhere to be seen because he too was trying to, again, tap that ass. So it was an interesting experience for me <laughs> getting oh divorced God. and and losing pretty much everything and everyone. And that's when I started seeking therapy. Um, which was good because I think I would have attempted again to uh, to take my own life if I wasn't going back, going to therapy and and, and taking medication and things like that. So I I, I did seek help and I did uh, get away from it all. I did step away from from a, a very dangerous precipice. But yeah, that was my divorce in the end. And really, it was more just like an annulment than it was an actual divorce. But you know, yeah. That's kind of what happened to me um, with it being like more of an annulment than an actual divorce. Um, so for me, like I have a lot of similarities with you. Um, I like I also considered that avenue. Mm. Um, I actually made two attempts last year. Mm. Actually, one attempt last year and then one attempt um, January, which would be this year. Wow. So, and I was in therapy and it wasn't a matter of like that. I, I tried to convince myself so hard that it was because I was just so in love with her and I couldn't like not live with her, mm-hmm. live without her. But it, that wasn't the truth. It was because my entire life was flipped upside down. Like, um, you know, things that happen with divorce, financial problems, I got the brunt of it. Okay. So it it was a very scary and it still is a very scary reality for me to like, just pay my basic bills every year, every month. Sorry. (laughs) And it kind of like, it stemmed from that. So like, that is, that was my tipping point because like my biggest problem with this relationship was I had believed everything that she had said, like, we'll be together forever. You know, I had a lot of buy into it, even though I wouldn't necessarily say that, like, I was in love. I did like her a lot. Um, But it was more of like a friendship that kind of became something more and shouldn't have kind of thing. Um, So there was a lot of closeness with her. And so like, my entire life was kind of like, I mean, when you get married, your entire life is managed around them. Um, friends were also this because we had worked together. So we had friends in common and she had her friends. And I have managed to keep maybe like five people no. that actually still want to be my friend. But I think it's because like they just genuinely didn't like her to begin <laughs> with. So... <laughs> That's, That's fine. That's <laughs> um, a lot of people just didn't. I mean, there's. I don't think that 
there's really a reason for that. It's just personalities. Um, I don't really want to talk about her too poorly. Um, she made decisions that she felt were right for her. She is a bit younger than me. So that was like, you know, you talk about like when you first like got married and everything, I had signs like even back to when we first moved in with each other Mm -hmm. because it was almost like pulling teeth to get her to move in with me. Yeah. Mm And it it was one of those moments that was definitely like we're just laying there, and she's like, "Oh, I thought I would feel different doing this." Like yeah. it was nothing, yeah. but it took so much to like get her to do that. And she had made plans to like live with friends, and I was like, "Okay, well that's fine. Why are you more into doing that than living with me if you love me so much?" Kind of thing. So there was always like a disconnect, right? With communication. Like I love you. I want to spend my life with you, but then she would do the exact opposite of it. So that is something that like the friends that I kept have said to me that they were always like, we, for the longest time, we didn't even know you guys were in a relationship. Wow. Wow. And she made a point to make sure that like everything was hidden at work, which is fine because of like the field that I work in, we heavily write policies against everyone dating. So it's kind of, it looks bad when HR is dating someone. So, um, it happens. Rule number one, don't shit where you eat, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that is, you know, where I established my friends because I, I've lived here since 2012 And I have some friends of my own now, but they're from work. That is where I established them was from work. And so that was really devastating to me to lose so many people that I used to work with. Even though by the time that we, everything was over with, I was not working the same place, but like she still managed to keep them. For me, that is having the money problems, and then I didn't, I didn't have anyone. My family's not here. Um, I've missed several holidays because, like, I was here for her, and then also the ex before. So, like, I have lost touch with my friends back home a lot. And it was kind of awkward for them for me to all of a sudden come crawling back because I was devastated. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, actually, September 21st is when she left. Wow. Wow. So I am coming up on my first anniversary of that, which is okay. Because yeah. in hindsight, like, I, I know that it was the right thing. The way it all went down was really shitty. Um, She wrote me an email. (laughs) She left me in an email uh, Mm. while I was at work. Um, But yeah, so just having that all weigh on me, like I can still remember waking up that day in October and just being like, fuck this Mm. and making an attempt and it didn't work. Which is not funny, but, like, Mm -hmm. it didn't work. I called the suicide prevention hotline after the fact. And that was 
one of the most annoying conversations <laughs> I have ever had in my life. I don't want to discredit this thing yeah. because I know it helps people. It helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But God bless the girl I got a hold of because she just like anything I said, I was like, okay. So she's like, so what, what is it that makes you want to do this? Because I don't think that they're like super, super trained. And I was like, well, so this is what's going on. And I was like, and I have all these money problems. And then she was like, well, it sounds like you just need to move away from all of that. And in my head, I was like, with fucking what lady? I think, yeah, I, 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 (laughs) there, there's only so much training you can do also, you know, for a lot of these things, because there's so many vast different There's reasons. so many reasons. Yeah. Like, I get it. I, I get it. I, I never I've, – I've always been curious. I've never called the, the line ever. No, I but I'm But I'm very curious. And now that I know, it's like it's a – but it, again, they're, they're, they're also their kind of – their motto is, is like, hey, they're, they're non-judgmental voice that will listen right. to you. And right. Like, it's just to talk you off that ledge. Yeah, yeah. And I was in therapy too, but I decided that I was going to do this on a weekend. but like you know things are a lot better now um i definitely understand how people like that and how breakups and that kind of thing not just divorces how that can put you like at the end of your rope because your entire life like becomes revolved around them and then friendship i swear to god I can't remember any relationship where I have not lost friends because they decided that they liked the other person better. Yeah, that is a weird like, scenario. But yeah, I mean, I think there's like a, a weird, you know, something that I th- we, we kind of touched on earlier and a, th- a through line for all three of us in, re- in regards to our previous relationships was um, – there was a level of uh, emotional and like psychological abuse attached to it because by the end of my little separation, uh, I was convinced everything that happened was completely and utterly my fault. Yes. Um, ev- that, that I am the worst possible human being. I mean, that's why I attempted in the first place because her and her new boyfriend or whatever he was at the time, both were very trying very hard to make sure that whatever was left of my humanity was completely and utterly destroyed. Yeah. And they, they double teamed me on that one, which is interesting. But you know. And if they've convinced you of that, mm-hmm. I promise you all the other friends that end up going to them, mm-hmm. they've convinced them of that too. 100%. Yeah. You like become that, the enemy. It's, it's just, it's a big fucking ass chess game. Like that's all it is. So sometimes, Sometimes you just have to cut your losses and just be alone for a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's why I became so involved on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> because that is exactly why I became so involved on Twitter. And um, actually, a couple of my friends that like know her are on Twitter. Oh, and I managed to keep them. Okay. So it's cool. Yeah. Um, but like it's it's one of those things that that became my sounding board. And then other people who were going through the same thing, much like the two of you mm-hmm. found me. And it was just kind of like, yes, exactly. Fuck them. Like, and so yeah. that is like what helped me feel better. I know there's a really crappy side to social media. Like I bitch about it all the time. Cause I hate it. But this, I, you know, I swear to God, Twitter saved my life. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, it's it's a great sounding board and it's a great way to find some like-minded people for sure. Yeah, and I didn't even have to do anything but just tweet something and they came to me. It was like fishing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just throwing it onto the ether and yeah. so, uh, and 
and it's it's kind of like you know I would say that if you're in like this place and you know maybe you're trying to get out of a bad relationship or it's just ended and you don't know what's going on with like yourself and you feel really lost like you have to find people to talk to and keep finding people to talk to mm-hmm. if you keep hitting a brick wall and it's not making you feel better you find somebody else to talk to yeah. same goes with therapy it's a light dating the first one is not going to be the one no you just got to keep going until you find it yeah so i think you know with mine mine was like um i I guess the way that my kind of divorce like happened was, you know, we, I don't know. I, I guess for, I, it, it was weird. Cause I kind of followed this progression. Like, okay, we, we've been together for a while. It just makes sense that we get married. Right. And then, you know, there really wasn't like a, I, we're in love kind of feeling there. It just felt like, well, you know, we've been together for a while, might as well get married. And so it wasn't like we were in, in love and then started having these issues and it was like, well, you know, maybe if, I think if we have a kid, that's going to fix everything. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, that's a terrible way to think, you know. Um, and But it, the concept is bringing more love into it. Yeah. And, and we, we, and then it, it, that was a very stressful time. Um, uh, the very first few years of like, you know, um, having a child. And, and then there was these things where it's like we didn't have, we started to notice that we don't have any chemistry at all um you know we didn't share anything together as in like we didn't like any of the same hobbies any of the same even like small like you know, like tv shows so it was like weird conversation it, it, it began to feel like roommates that we just yeah. lived and we had a child um and then uh, the latter part of our relationship it became like a lot more fights and there was a lot of like emotional verbal abuse um, coming from my ex who, uh, I grew up, you know, in, in an abusive household. You know, I was, I was, you know, uh, my father was in the military and he was very abusive, uh, physically, verbally, emotionally to, to me and my sister. Um, and he was that way to, you know, my mother. And so I, I, I kind of was trained into that's how like the relationship it, it becomes, you know, um, yeah. So my ex was like very like you know um, aggressive. She I would just say she's very aggressive, um, and I had no one to talk to about that. So I didn't have anyone to talk to about that, and I would it would just fester in me. And I did also um, also contemplate suicide many times, but within the latter stages of uh, my marriage, um, but what stopped me from doing it was the fact that like, you know, I have a, I have a daughter, you know, I have to be here on this earth, not just, not just for me, but for her, that's the reason why I'm here, you know, and that was what stopped me. But then then there was a point where I was like, you know what, I I just can't deal with it. And when I got to that point where like, I'm going to kill myself, you know, even knowing that I have a daughter, then I knew like, I can't be in this relationship. This is, this is, and that's when I decided, and that's where it happened. And, um, I think, yeah, I went to therapy also, uh, regarding all that stuff. And the the sad thing that happened, I guess, especially was since I told nobody, I didn't tell my family what was going on. Um, I didn't tell my friends what was going on that when I, I left first and filed for divorce and then I told them. And so that gave my ex plenty of opportunity 
to contact all of them and yeah. say that, oh, Dan was cheating. That's what an abuser and, does. And she covered me, her ass. I know. And so I, I was trying to explain to everyone, no, this is what's happened. It's been happening for years and blah, blah, blah. I just don't want yep. to tell anyone. They're like, yeah, yep. right. Yep. Yep. So that happened to me. Yep. And so that's what the constant battle I've had to deal with is, and I'm still going through that battle, is that my friends still on that side still listen to what she said because she got to told them everything first and I didn't have anything to say. And, and she told my family these other things that never happened. And so I, that's what happened. And I still haven't, I think I still haven't talked to my family in like almost a year now because of they, they think that what she said was what really happened when I didn't tell them from the very beginning. So, but that's, that's, yeah, that's what happens. Like it's humiliating, right? You don't want to admit that like someone's hurting you. And it also sucks too, because you think that people should be able to see it. Like they should know that you're different for me. Like there are relationships, not just this one that, so for this one, people did see that something was wrong and they didn't know what to do. So they didn't do anything, which was almost as bad as whenever they didn't know that something was going on and they couldn't do something. And I could not tell people like I just I couldn't I couldn't tell people that like in previous relationships that I was physically afraid to leave. Right. And in this one, I couldn't tell people that, like, yeah, I know you think that you're seeing a happy couple on Instagram, but really every single day I'm I'm miserable. I have nothing like yeah. it's <laughs> and it, it's not it's not anyone else's responsibility to save you. But that part for me, though, like people for my divorce in particular, that relationship. When they come back to me and they're like, yeah, we knew that you weren't happy. You know, we just didn't say anything that hurts because it's like you saw, you saw that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you like, I'm not the kind of person that if you come talk to me and you tell me that you think that like something's wrong, that like I freak out. I don't because I'm very, I'm a very introspective person. So I don't know. Like. I think, I think it, yeah. that thing hurt me the most. And that that's another reason why I lost a lot of friends too. Well, yeah. I think because a lot of times people don't want to hear they, – they've had experiences. Like I've had experiences where I recognize an abusive relationship or I recognize a relationship that's not – where someone is definitely there's, – there's something going on. And when you bring it up, they're like, "What are you talking about? Nothing's like that. You get, you can get ostracized for for that by the friend that you're trying to help." So yeah. I think right. there is. We live in a. We kind of live. This is more of a societal thing, but I think we kind of live in a world where it's like, "Hey, look, it, it's none of my business what's going on in your personal life. Um, I'm not going to do anything about it." Which, which I get because everyone's afraid. Like, oh, well, what'll happen if I do get involved? What's what's the consequences? You know, they're thinking they're they're saving their own skin, and I perfectly understand where that's coming from. Yeah. But it also does make you does the per, the person who is going through the experience afterwards like, wow, I have no allies. <laughs> you know, like my allies are mm-hmm. all I can rely on is is myself, and it's a it, that's a, a really harsh reality to kind of accept. 
because you you know we rely we, we have a tendency to rely on our friends or not rely but we, we we have a tendency to want to have these people who we feel we can trust who we feel will be there for us um when we need them and it's not always necessarily the case and it's unfortunate that it that it even includes blood you know family yeah. where we have all of these things going on in our own lives and sometimes family is the worst when it comes to our big our, our big changes or our big uh, our big uh, you know uh, terrifying experiences because they don't see it from our perspective sometimes they just right. think of like because i i remember <laughs> i i remember my family when i was when i gave the news of like yeah you know um this this marriage thing's no longer a thing. Um, I'll make I'll figure out how you know where I'm going to live and how I'm going to work this all out. And and it was like, oh, well, I felt like, what about what happened to me and what happened here and like what what I did and like all this stuff I did for her. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> it's not about this. Isn't about you. I'm the one. Yeah. That... Well, they they essentially have to break out with a person too. That's true. like yeah. a lot. I mean, they become intertwined within your families and that kind of thing. And also to kind of touch on like what you were saying about how you're kind of just left with yourself to rely on yourself. That's Mm -hmm. a very difficult place whenever, especially after a divorce or the end of a relationship where you kind of define yourself within someone else. So all of a sudden, like you are relying on half of yourself, basically, because you're trying to like redefine yourself and redefine like what to do with yourself. And so it's very, very overwhelming too as well. It's not just as easy as just being like going back to phase one and being like, fuck it and just starting over. Like, but yeah, family definitely does take it like super personally. Mm -hmm. A lot of, uh, you know, my, my grandpa, bless him. Um, the first thing out of his mouth (laughs) No, no. <laughs> for the last, for the last three, and y'all, please don't don't think that he's just like he hates gay people because he doesn't. He just he di- he's from a different time and he doesn't have a good handle on this. But uh, and that's partially my fault because when I came out, I came out as being bi when actually I'm not at all, unless you're Jeff Goldblum, right? Um, <laughs> so, but I digress. Yeah. Um. So he, the first thing out of his mouth, because he's just trying to give me hope and make me feel better. He's just like, well, you can always go back to having boyfriends. (laughs) It's so simple. (laughs) And then, yeah, I know. And then whenever, so after breakups, because I tend to have really bad ones, I tend to like not, um, I will start talking about someone I'm interested like early, early on, just so they're aware kind of thing. This one time is the one time that I really didn't because I never saw it coming and like becoming a relationship really. So this time he caught me by surprise and was just kind of like when I told him, I was like, yes, and me and -and so-and-so like we're a thing. You know, I'm not really sure like what's going to happen kind of thing. And he's like, well, I could have told you that. (laughs) I was just like, oh, okay. But used to, he was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to get to know someone else, like, unless you're sure about them, like, because it hurt him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I do appreciate that when a relationship ends, especially one that does, you know, a marriage ends. Yeah, there are a lot more pieces involved uh, when it comes to uh, breaking up or losing. Yeah, because you are losing 
you know, people are essentially losing a daughter-in-law and a sister-in-law mm-hmm. and whatever. Like all of these things change in a very dramatic way um, and in a very abrupt way. So I, I completely understand that that can definitely be um, hard on everyone. It, it, but it does it does add extra pressure. It's like, man, I already feel bad yeah. enough as it is. Now you're making me feel guilty for like something yeah. I didn't even yeah. do. So I'm, I'm so I, sorry for your loss. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. Nope. So I completely understand that, uh, that where they're coming from and how they feel. But uh, I mean, these are again, these are extremes. I think with with the current like divorce statistics i mean it happens so often according to this you know what i mean like they're saying first marriages 41% of the men divorce like 41% is a huge number you know and oh. I, and, and that number gr- increases every other marriage second one is 60% 73% of third marriages end in divorce like that is huge and they even break it up by like age too you know like pe- men who are 35 to 39 there's a 6.5% chance um, if you're 30 to 34, uh, female, 8.5% chance. Like, it, like these are, those are pretty small, but it, it looks like for us, you know, we're three people. You think percentage wise, one of us would not have gotten divorced. <laughs> like uh, one of us yeah. would have been perfectly fine statistically. Well, it depends too on when these people got married. Like if you're getting married when you're in your early, when you're in your twenties, like you have no idea who you are in your twenties. I don't care who the shit you are. You have no idea who you are in your twenties. And that when you're getting, a lot of people are getting married at like 25, 26, 27, that kind of thing. And then you get into your 30s and you get a divorce. Well, that's midlife crisis. I mean, that's whenever you actually, it's actually not a crisis. That is actually when you are actually becoming closer to figuring out yourself more. Because you never really know who you are. But like in your 30s is when you become more of like your own person. So it makes sense that people are actually getting divorced in their 30s. Yeah. And a lot of people get remarried in their late 30s and early 40s, and those relationships last longer. Well, they say uh, people wait an average of three years, or this according to, the, to this uh, law firm, uh, three people wait an average of three years after divorce to remarry, if they remarry mm-hmm. at all. Yep. But I want to say this statistic, a uh, little graph, is interesting because under the – okay, so for men, if they get married under the age of 20 – the likelihood of divorce is 12%. Okay. The moment they hit 20 to 24, it jumps to 38%. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. when you're a kid, apparently you're just like, I'm they not going to get more than what they've been getting. That's all it is. But the, <laughs> it's funny that it's tiny. Like the percentage under 20 is like, it's a few, very few men actually get divorced. While after that women, it's a different story. 27% of women under the age of 20 get divorced, but only 11, 12% of men get divorced. That's really interesting. But yeah, like, uh, you know, and, and divorce is like the ultimate breakup. I hope, I hope we've covered breakups in the ugly part under divorce because divorce is like the ultimate breakup, really. It, it really is. Yeah. It really is. It's that breakup that allegedly was never going to happen when you stand up and you make these promises, but it just, it, Honestly, it's just it's just another breakup. It's just a yeah. big, bad, expensive one. Like yeah, it is, you know, it is. It's the pits, but like it really is. Like my friends would like they interchange between the two, calling a divorce breakup, separation. Separation, separation. is kind of like a preemptive to a divorce, but like you know that kind of thing. And I'm just like it's just an escalated breakup. Like at the end of the day. 
yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a level two breakup or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's just, that's what it is. Level one is dating. Level two is divorce. But yeah, yeah, like for instance, so, you know, I guess the question then becomes to you guys, would you guys ever consider getting married again? So I used uh, to say no. Mm. I did for a long time. And actually, like, I, I've been engaged a lot. It's kind of disgusting. <laughs> but, like, it's just a thing that happens. So to me, like, the way I used to think about relationships was a matter of, like, I don't want to say convenience, but, like, it made sense and, like, uh, okay, well, this is the next step kind of thing. Like that kind of thing, not like a, okay, yes, like I really want to spend my life with this person. And at this point, I had never felt like that last thing until now. And so before, like right after this, I think it's, I think it's normal. Like people are always like, I'm never going to date again. For me, like I really wasn't. I like totally was not going to date again. I was never, I was like, you know, maybe getting married just really shouldn't be a thing for everyone. Like maybe that's not what I should do. And then I did a really stupid thing and I fell in love. So but I honestly, if I was not with this person that I'm with now, I can, honestly completely say no i would never think i would never do it again but this person in particular has changed my mind so yeah i I guess for me um i i um i already had like this like vision of me like in my 60s in like a, a bathrobe um just like telling kids to get off my lawn um sitting on a- <laughs> sitting on a lawn chair with like 27 cats and just, you know, and just be like that guy, like you would, that house you would avoid on Halloween. Um, nah, I'd be that, friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that was like me. I, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's me, me and my PlayStation yeah. four and my Xbox one. And that's all I wanted. Um, but fate happens and serendipity happens. And, uh, you know, I, I could totally, see myself and i'm I'm, yeah i'm I'm probably heading that way very fast but the uh i i I see that now now it's like i i i can't see myself alone now that i've experienced what i'm experiencing now um but yeah i i totally see that happening y'all make me sick (laughs) (laughs) but you know honestly francis though like i can honestly say that like if it wasn't for her i'd be saying no yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think so too. Like it really it really is a situation. Like if something happens to her, I don't I'm not doing this with anyone else. Like Yeah. It doesn't you know, before I was like, well, it makes sense cuz it's the next step. Now I'm like it makes sense because of this person. It makes exactly. sense cuz I love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, um I I did an episode of uh this show with Dan stating that I wouldn't, I don't believe in, I don't necessarily believe in marriage anymore. Um, Not in the sense of like, I don't believe in a relationship that is monogamous for the rest of your guys, you know, for the rest of your lives. I just don't necessarily believe in the institution of marriage as a thing that needs to happen to, to, yeah, 
to kind of commemorate that. I think that if it's something that can be agreed upon, I don't see the point of having to go through pomp and circumstance to go through all that. Right. <clears throat> and so for me, uh, luckily, l- luckily, life is dealing me the hand where I don't have to worry about uh, me getting married oh anytime God. soon because that's just how it is. But it's um, a way to make some lemonade out of those. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, well, you can't get married if you don't have anyone to marry, Francis. Like, thanks, you can, life. You can marry yourself. <laughs> oh, it happened. Somebody did get married to themselves. That's true. People are getting married to themselves all the time. But yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah. I would divorce myself real quick. Oh, sure. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I, I couldn't deal with me either. But yeah, like, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, you know, <clears throat> the grand scheme of all of this, these podcasts that we've been doing together, you know, it all leads down to, to, to this one thing, which is here is this emotion, this, this phenomenon that dictates so much of what happens in our life. You know, it, it it determines, for some, it determines whether we live or die. For others, it determines whether or not, you know, we are an influence on, on our offspring. It determines um, how we live our life, where we, where we live, um, what we do for ourselves and others. Like, it's such, a, it's such an overwhelming uh, human force that just gets to us. And, like, it's, it's overwhelming quite often. And... It's good to see, like, it's good to see two examples here that can genuinely say, hey, you know, you guys are in love with your with the person that you're with. Because <clears throat> so I did a podcast for a very long time where all of my co-hosts weren't in a relationship. I mean, they ended up in a relationship afterwards, and they ended up being happy afterwards, you know, and, and one of them ended up – I was the best man at one of their weddings, you know, like, these guys – you know, these people have found love. Um, and it's uh, – it's it's very fascinating to me as a person who hasn't had not you know as a, as an outsider or not an outsider but as a person who um who loves love I mean I I'm a huge fan of the whole love thing I I'm a big fan of it even with everything that's happened even with the 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 ugliness of the divorce with the ugliness of jealousy with the with all of the ugliness of um, cheating. I would like to put myself in a position to where that stuff can potentially happen again. Like I wouldn't mind being with somebody and finding love once again and, and knowing what it's like to have someone who you genuinely care about and want to see them do well in life. And they want to see you do well. And, and there's this mutual um, connection, you know, this compassionate uh, love for each other. I mean, I would love to have that again. It, it sounds unconditional. unconditional love that they have for, for one another. That is so powerful and so lovely to see that, you know, listening, I, I spend the last, it's, God, it's, it's already been almost eight years since the, you know, since the separation, at least it's been eight years, you know, and I think about it now, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel, I feel really, you know, it's funny because I, I sh- this shouldn't have been what I got out of this, this series, you know, this love series, but I feel like I'm broken because like, what, what happened, you know, like, I, I'm so happy that the people that I, I like are, are finding this thing that I want so badly, but I'm very curious why, like, huh, why is it so elusive for me? So that, not that this is what, that's the other ugliness. Let's that that's the I think that's the final ugliness of of love is that for some of us we really want it, you know? We 
uh, I don't know if we strive for it per se, but we seek it out because it's something that um, not necessarily helps complete us, but it, it helps. Um, it's kind of a part of our DNA. You know, we, mm-hmm. we have a tendency, you know, we, we pair up. We, it's just something that's an, that's, that, that's kind of become a societal thing in our DNA. We, that's something that we do. And, you know, and for me, it's, it's a fascinating walk to see again, all of these people that I, I truly care about that are lovely human beings. I'm like, man, what did I do? What did I do wrong? <laughs> no, but <laughs> the thing, dude, it's not, the thing is like, it's not a journey that like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, that's, it's done. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I, like I said, and you're, you've heard this many times before though, Francis, I mean, it's, there's going to be that random moment that, that serendipity, that fate like thing that just hits you in the face and it's like, okay, it's my time. I mean, that's just going to happen, dude. I don't necessarily think it's elusive, right? You know, it's just mm-hmm. the timing of it. Maybe you know, we can want, we can want something over and over again. I mean, you know, uh, you know, and it just doesn't happen. We're impatient for it, but it's going to happen. I, I just know it will. I mean, I know that's so cliche <laughs> well, to say. Well, you're, you're the eternal you optimist. Know. You are, you sir, are the eternal optimist. I no, am, the, I, <laughs> I am um, a realist. So, this is what happened to me, right? I was just kind of like, I don't know if I deleted this. I made like a long Tumblr post. I sat outside. Okay, so talk about hitting bottom. Yeah. I sat outside of a UPS store one day and wrote this long <laughs> Tumblr post about how, like, love does not exist for everyone. And how, like, sometimes, like, you just have to be your own person. And if that kind of thing comes along, then it comes along. But, like, you have to define your happiness in other ways. Yeah. And that's when I was like, you know, maybe getting married for me isn't a thing. Maybe, like, having a family isn't, like, really something I wanted. And that's what, like, sparked, like, these thoughts. And then I became okay with, like, not really having those things. Which, number one, having kids was never really in my plan to begin with. But, um, but like... It made me think about, okay, well, what what exactly do I want? And then I, I swear to God, like two weeks later, that's when this person came into my life. So it's it really is the weirdest thing. Like I, I hate cliche shit. I hate that whole like, you know, when when you're not looking, that's when they find you. Because it's really not always that easy. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. my situation in particular is not that like point blank and that easy. But like, I think that there's some truth to it that when you stop yep. thinking that it's you and that something's wrong with you, and just be okay with being you and what's going on. And I thought I was because I've been, you know, like I said, I've been, I've been kind of playing this game for, you know, for however number of years and been perfectly fine. Like I didn't want to deal with it I, for, for, because of, I mean, it, it put me off of relationships so hard because I'm like, why would I want to go through that heartache all over again? Like that is the worst, you know, like why would I want to even deal with that? So I was perfectly content for a very long time, just kind of like, kind of like, all right, I, I'm, I'm doing my own thing and I'm traveling. I'm doing, I'm, I go to conventions. I, I podcast now. Like I'm doing all of this stuff. Um, 
And I guess part of me still clung on to like the potential of like, well, yeah, you know what? I would love to be in a relationship because my very first podcast was, uh, you know, about love, sex and relationships. You know, that was kind of that was because that was my I, I kind of loved the topic. Just like the, the yeah. same reason why Dan does this is like it's it's not necessarily that hey I need this in my life it's just like the topic itself is fascinating, you know people find themselves in so many weird and strange scenarios it's like not, not even just like relationship wise let's just say like date like dating or sex wise like wow you know you just randomly found someone who was into your kink that's interesting like how did that happen you know it, it, it's stuff like that that I found really fascinating and it wasn't until kind of like my own. Like I have this, I guess men have their own biological clock as well. You know, we have our own like, well, there's going to be a point where um, you're just, you, you kind of just time out, you know, and you just kind of become the old man sitting in the, in on the, on the porch swing <laughs> yelling at Old kids. man yelling at cloud. Yeah, yeah. Like I think there is a, I think for some, for some guys, there is that default position of saying, well, there is a point in our, in our lives as men where. You, no woman's you're just not going to find a woman who's interested in you and you're just going to have to live in that fact and so part of me is kind of there it's like well you know what that's just how it is but at the same time i'm i also feel like i hate that i want it you know i really don't like that i want something that should naturally happen like if it happens it happens ta-da you know it's like in the movies uh, and i i re- it really disappoints me after having after all these years of saying hey look guys yeah it's perfectly fine you you can just be you do your thing you know again doing every cliche in the book is like yeah and the clichés ex- you know the, i'm beginning to believe clichés exist as like uh, I have no idea what to tell you. So here, <laughs> like, here's the yeah, thing. I don't know what you should do. Come yeah, on. I have nothing useful to tell you. So I'm gonna just toss out this this verbiage I heard on a on a fortune cookie once. Here, you know, love is just around the corner. If you look for it, your lucky numbers are seventeen, eighteen. Like that's what I well, that's what I feel like I should tell people. And I and I live with that for a very long time. You know that that's kind of my that was kind of my mentality. But also, I'm a realist, and I and I figure and I know. Hey, not everyone's gonna find somebody like statistically it's just not gonna happen you know so maybe that's maybe i'm one of that statistic and that's perfectly fine well, dude, I, I i i feel this i just i just i don't know i guess i'm all heart man i'm helpful you are you, dude, are, so... you are the eternal optimist and i and i really i, I really like he, that about you he's more than just the eternal optimist he's a hopeless romantic too yeah like, <laughs> yeah so and i'm <laughs> I am when I am, like, in a lovey-dovey kind of situation. But, like, I'm not an internal optimist. I don't I don't know when it'll happen. I don't know if it'll happen. I just know it does happen. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, so. I, and I've learned to be content with the fact that, you know what? I'll be the cheerleader for those who, who this stuff is happening to. Like, the good stuff that are happening to the people that I that I know, my friends. I'm going to cheerlead that and and... and and champion that stuff because you know what they're that's cool like they're happy like that's awesome and and uh i think that's um that's a good it's a it's a good mentality to have uh you know i i hate to be the person to be like i told you so but when this happens when this whole love thing happens and francis is in love and he's like oh this girl's so awesome and she thinks i'm awesome too i'm gonna have the biggest freaking i told you so moment ever and i want <laughs> like I, I want the rights to that story on yeah. the show 
Yeah. Because I'm going to replay that stuff and be like, this is you, Francis. But that's not fair because Francis could totally do that to me because I was on his show and talking about how, like, I don't give a shit about love kind of thing. And then here I am, like, all hearts and butterflies, like an idiot. That's so funny. That is true. Yeah. That was our, that was, yeah, that was (laughs) funny enough. That was what we were talking about a little bit. That's true. Um, well, and it's really funny because, like, we had, like, a side conversation after it. Yes. And I started talking to you about her. Yes. And here we are now. Yeah, like- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how, you know, how the world – see, again, and this is this is part of the reason why I, I, I love um, – uh, the concept and the the grandeur of relationships because it's so unpredictable. Yeah, and I'm not saying that. Look, I'm not saying this will never happen to me, but I kind of feel like I I I shouldn't feel. So, I, again, I hate that I I want it so badly because it, it's ridiculous. There's nothing wrong with wanting it though. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be loved and being appreciated and wanting to feel what everyone else gets to feel. There is nothing wrong with that. So you shouldn't feel bad about wanting it yeah i guess i'm I'm just it's it, it's my sh- i'm shaming myself in order to kind of cope i know to so yeah. like counter the fact that you're not actually getting it exactly because <laughs> you're blaming yourself for why you're not and that it's not you yeah. it's just not no so there you go the last ugly thing i can think of when it comes to love <laughs> uh, what do you think dan did we do a good job I think so. I know there are some things we didn't get to, um, I, I, but I mean, I think that's kind of a good transition. I mean, because we uh, like, I mean, we ended hopefully because we're gonna. I know for sure. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, right, me. Right, I'm next. <laughs> I know for sure that you, you know, we're gonna be having another awesome wedding. Oh God, for you. So, uh, no, I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just, I, I think that's, you know. I think that's good. I mean, unless there's something that you guys really wanted to hit on when it came to like obsession or crazy exes and stuff like that. I never. I think. Go ahead. Sorry. Just the only thing for like obsession for me, what happened was was just after like the relationships had been over because I, you know, date controlling people that like after the relationships were over, they became super obsessed and like stalking came into the picture and that sort of thing. And it's just, but that's just, it ties back into abuse. Like it was just a situation of like, they did not want to relinquish control, even though I was finally just like, fuck you. And, um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I think obsession can be really scary. Like, it, it definitely can be really scary. And cops don't really take it seriously. They don't really take stalking seriously. So it's that's the only thing. Like, it, you know, when you think about obsession, maybe you either think about something lighthearted like the weird boy who left notes in your locker or maybe a Lifetime movie. Um, my life is kind of like a Lifetime movie, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, um that's like the only comment that I have about obsession. All of these things like go hand in hand. It's just mental illness. That's all I have like, well, going yeah. on in my past. So, well, yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it's becoming. Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 kind of glad that 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 th- those two words came up at some point because yeah, I mean that's something that is uh, 
a part of Dan's other podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what they do. And uh, yeah, I think, I, I think that's the other struggle, you know, that's the, that's being able to, to balance that, maintaining that as well as wanting to maintain a relationship. But I've never experienced obsession in all honesty. Um, maybe I feel I've been obsessed with stuff, but it's never been like, people it's been like stuff i've never been obsessed mm-hmm. with people but mm-hmm. it's always been like i need this you know like my, my scott pilgrim binge where i had to watch it in theaters a million times or <laughs> you know like i had like there were certain obsessions i did have in my life um but ne- it was never about people and i think it's because i've seen like i've seen how unhealthy it can be to be obsessed with somebody and just kind of ignore the world. So I, I think I've, yeah. I've, I've experienced. Or I've, Obsessing uh, is a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. So when you obsess about something, it's usually to cope with something that's going on. And when it becomes about a person, it's generally for the same reasons. And in like the aspect of abuse, when it, obsession becomes like stalking and that kind of thing, it's just another manifestation of control. That's all it is. So there is a difference in like being obsessed about a movie that may have helped you through a tough time and following me around because I finally told you to go eat shit. Like (laughs) there's a total difference there. (laughs) Like total difference. Yeah. It's okay to be obsessed with a movie. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. (laughs) All right, cool. You're you're welcome. Don't want you to feel bad. It's cool. But I think, yeah, I think then we're good. Right. I think that's, yeah, that covers a huge gap. I mean, we we covered a pretty huge gamut. We yeah. were we we yeah. uh, touched on, on friend zone, but I think you're gonna do a you did I think an, an episode on that, didn't you? Like, didn't you do an actual? Whole yeah, thing? and and that's a topic that I'm gonna have to do again, um, just because there are a few people who have listened to it and they're like, no, I well, I think this, and then there was another person who's like, is... well, I think this, and then so. It's going to be a, a, a thing again after do another. Yeah. My two second thing with that is, is just like, that is, I think the worst term to ever come out of this new age of like, whatever it, we're calling this stuff. Like, I it's think that's just a the, stupid place of entitlement. That's all the friend zone is. Yeah. But again, but if, that see, that's why it's a debate because I know a lot of people would be like, well, like people argue with that and, and they, and they'll wholeheartedly argue uh, friend zone everything and i'm just like ah, okay <laughs> like friend zone is just the wor- <laughs> i just think it's like man this is the it's just the worst term i hate that term and i hate kind of that the concept is a thing that exists i blame the internet of course on everything yes. it's all the internet's fault but anyway yeah, yeah I, I think that's i think yeah. i think we're pretty good i i think i think we've covered we really hit hard on the divorce stuff so people who hope we haven't got i hope we have well, that well that's that's the ultimate breakup though that like you know yeah. that's the well, that's there is one that's worse. So we don't, we didn't talk about like, I guess an ugly part to a relationship too is what do you do when someone dies? Because that is also that's true. like, wait. So I would think that like being widowed or going I, through yeah. that. I think that's is, beyond our purview though, because no one, I don't think we've had a significant other die on us, have we? I have. Oh, yes. you have? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's beyond my purview because so. I've never had a, I've never had a. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's the ultimate because you can't do anything about that. <laughs> Where yeah. I mean, I guess the divorce, like you can't really either. But like, yeah, I I would definitely say that that is definitely the only worst one. Like, okay, but um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, and and and, and uh, I mean, 
this isn't to diminish what happened uh, in your situation, but luckily it's not something that happens frequently. It's something that no. is very infrequent. Well, so. I mean, inevitably. And, I mean, oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. If you're actually married to someone yeah. for a long time and got, I mean, bless you, if you're like in for the long haul, that is like the, yeah, that's I wouldn't say look forward to because if that's what you're looking forward to, maybe you want to skip to the part two that we talked about. Um, but yeah, cue I the think... notebook. There you go. Cue the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I, I think people our age. It's probably not something a lot of people our age go through. No, but it definitely. I've I've actually been through it twice. So it, yeah. Well. Oh, well, uh, you're you're definitely uh, bucking the trend on that one. So yeah, uh, well, you know that's what I do. But oh. uh, hey, maybe. If <laughs> Ooh, well, okay. Death well, is so, part of life. It's so, fine. It's okay. So much for that high note there, though, Dan. <laughs> Next time we'll talk about sex. That's true. <laughs> it's a super high note. I am looking forward to that. Yeah, you, you guys will have to. You guys will have to remind me what that whole sex thing is. It's been a while. <laughs> well, uh, I don't well, remember how it works. Search on the internet, Francis. It'll help you. Oh. There's plenty of uh, interactive. Uh... Interact- <laughs> no, they're, not inter- they're not interactive more than they are moving pictures. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That, that's true. But, but, uh... but yes, that was, since we're segueing into the last, like I guess, like episode of this whole thing. Probably the most uh, interesting and fun uh, thing to talk about, and probably awkward, uh, is going to be the sex I like episode. How your voice cracks every <laughs> single time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, because I'm like so, like I'm like I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, Do you have sex, I-? Dan? Like, no. you have I know you have a kid. <laughs> like, oh man, yes, I, yes, I do have, I do have a play date. Yes. Um, oh. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, I'm gonna man. steal yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean we'll we'll probably get into more of that. But that will be the next episode. I want to thank again Miss Major from Fan Drunk Pod. And where can we find you? Um on Twitter, my account is a bad wolf. That is wolf with the letter U instead of an O. Um you can follow me there. I usually approve everyone as long as your timeline doesn't look too weird. Um <laughs> and <laughs> Other than that, I mean, if you want, like, a public account, um, I'm the one that runs uh, Fandrunk Pod on Twitter right now. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. And, yeah, that's it. And for Miss, Mr. Francis. You can uh, be Miss Francis. You can't find him anywhere. I get oh, Miss. No, no, yeah. I get Miss all the time, actually. Um, <laughs> surprising. <laughs> I'm not kidding. My whole, my whole, uh, my whole oh, elementary and yeah, because my name is Francis. And people, I used to get mail um, in high school and like early on in my life or, or notifications, and it always say Miss on it. I'm like Fra- Francis with an I. I is dude. E is girl. Anyway, <laughs> hey, I have the same argument. I know we don't talk about my name, but mm. my first name ends in the I, and people still confuse it. And I'm like, come on, it's not with a Y. So yeah, yeah. it's just it's so yeah. So Miss is fine. Uh, at AKA <laughs> at AKA the other guy 
on uh, Twitter. But maybe I should change it to Miss, aka you know, aka Miss Miss Other Guy, Miss Other Guy, the other oh. Miss. No, uh, aka the other guy on Twitter. <laughs> By the time you hear this, hopefully. Since your sarcasm is, I mean, it's up. The bare bones of it is up right now, but hopefully, every all the content what will happened? be back up again. You didn't pay your bill. What happened? No, s- bad coding. Bad coding destroyed the site, and we had to nuke it to start. From oh scratch. Yeah. man! So, um, and no one's fault except for the person who created the site. But that's fine. I'll. <laughs> I, I, I. He. I. He doesn't believe it's his fault, but I find it funny that he doesn't believe it's his fault. <laughs> um, uh, so it's it, it, the bare bones of it is up right now. You'll be able to see posts uh, for the most part. I've, I've uh, but hopefully I can get everything else up one hundred percent for the rest of that. But I did lose f- five years of content on that on that site. Jesus! So you can only go back a year. You'll only be able to go back about a year and a half of worth of content. But the other five years of of what I've been doing for the last five years doesn't exist anymore so that's fun um but yeah since your sarcasm.net is a website and there you go <laughs> all right well thanks guys so we'll do this again next week and uh, if you have any comments on anything that we said here or anything you want to share you can hit us at uh when a nerd starts over at gmail.com this is dan i'm also on nerdy nerd.com i mean yeah com that's a different website uh podcast this is totally different, just in case you're thinking we're going to talk about, you know, the latest like video game releases. We didn't do that at all here. So <laughs> thank you again. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. I, this will see. This will sound seamless. I promise. I promise. This will sound seamless. There you go. I'm good. It, 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 it.